This episode, we're back in the sales lab to talk exclusively about some techniques that you can use in your sales game. And I can't stress enough, man, how much that you need to use these new techniques over and over again in order for them to become just second nature. And I know it seems scary. When you're trying a new technique, I know that you think that you're going to fall flat on your face. Your mouth gets dry. You, 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 your, uh, your knees get weak, man. You, you break out in the cold switch. You got the bubble guts. And here's the thing, man. If you're feeling that way right before you're using a technique, then damn it, you're on the right track. That's your body screaming to you that I'm growing. So look, what you're facing, I'm facing too. 20 years into this, man, I'm working on some new techniques and I have that same situation right now. Just the other day, man, I'm working on some techniques and I had, I had the perfect opportunity to use one of these techniques. I mean, you couldn't have written it better and I missed the opportunity. I chickened out. I folded. I was too scared. I, I wasn't confident and I was so pissed at myself. I'm like, bruh, you had the shot. Why didn't you take it? And so I was so mad at myself. I said, man, I can't let this die without coming back around and trying it again. So a few minutes later, I tried it. I found the opening and I tried it. Now, it wasn't quite as effective because I'd missed that perfect timing to be able to do it. But the, here's the thing. You're going to see situations and if it bothers you that you didn't use a technique then that means that's a good thing, man. That's a good sign because now that it's bothering... See, it, when something doesn't bother you, that's when it should really bother you because if you just don't care and you're like, oh, well, then, man, your, your sales game's really going to choke out. But the fact that it bothered me, it bothered me so much that I had to try. And what I did is, did it work? No, I did it. I put it out there. It still did not work, but it worked in the sense that I overcame my fear. So the next time, I've already done it. So the next time I have this situation come up, I can do it again and do it more effectively also. It's, it's just that here's the thing. There are going to be times, too, where um, you got to understand when new techniques are introduced into your sales game, the fact that you can even spot the areas to use them, that's good. Because you remember, you were blind to those before. You didn't even see them. So you're going to see areas that you can, that you can uh, work a certain technique, and maybe you don't do it. Don't beat yourself up. If there's a few minutes later that you can put it back in there, try to do so. But if you if you just totally miss the opportunity, put it on the next one. The fact that you can see it is a good thing, but you just have to work it next time with the next customer. Now to sit there and keep spotting these things and not using the techniques, well, that's that's I'm gonna kick you in the ass on that one. But the fact that you can now see it, okay. Now you can see them. Now you need to start to use them as well. So, and I'm going to talk about these techniques later on. I'm just not going to talk about the techniques that I'm using right now or trying to use because I'm not really comfortable using them yet. And I'm not going to advise you to try a certain technique that I'm not, that I'm not first using. Um, well, that I'm not first using. So here's, here's a technique that I do use. And really, it's more of a mindset. The first one is I want you to understand, let it be a problem first. Let it be a problem first. And I say that because a lot of times you think something's going to be a problem with the customer. So you, you, you freak out. You hit the holy, sh uh, you know, the holy shit moment and you're like, oh, man, this, this customer is going to lose it. Let it be a problem. Let the problem come up and then address it from there. So say, for instance, you showed a customer uh, several vehicles yesterday and they ended up buying one that was a little bit different than all the other ones, only to come to find out that it's lacking a certain feature, a certain feature that all the other ones have. Say if it's something like Bluetooth or satellite radio or park assist or, or blind spot monitoring, I don't know, something like that. So whatever. And the insinuation was on both sides. You thought it had it. 
they thought I have it, but it was never really brought up again. They looked at that one. They chose that one. They went from there. And so later on, when you're delivering the vehicle, the customer points it out and says, hey, I thought this one had such and such on it. Okay. And this is when your, your panic freaks in, or steps in. You freak out. You think the customer is going to demand their money back. But here's the thing, man. Let it be a problem first. You're freaking out a lot of times for no reason. You think they're going to blow an ass gasket and they're not. They're not going to if you see here's if you approach it like a problem, it's going to be a problem. If you approach it like it's not going to be a problem, many times it won't be. So what you have to do is you just got to simply address it matter of factly where the customer says, hey, man, I thought this one had Bluetooth on it. If you just say, no, no, this one doesn't have it. You chose this one because it's got the lighter color interior. You chose this one because you like the blue on the the, the exterior on the car. You like this blue, this certain blue. That's why we went with this one. See, you're a lot of times they're going to say, ah, you know what? That's right. And they're going to move on. But if you, uh, you know, you start choking up, you start freaking out, you address it as a problem. Guess what? They're going to blow the ass gasket. Now, here's the thing, man. Watch the body language and watch the body language of the customer. When you deliver something like that, if they're displaying negative body language, then address it. Address it with choices, man. You could say, look, we can look into that later. When you're ready for it, let me know. There's always aftermarket we can check into it, or we can get you a part testament, and you can, you know, whenever you're ready, you just let me know from there. And a lot of times, man, they'll either agree to it, or they'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look you up later on about that. Or if it is a problem, it'll then surface as a problem. No, I thought this one had this. If that's the case, sometimes you may have to get with your manager. You may have to... Uh, split the difference. You may have to eat it, and it's a lesson learned from there. But first, man, let it be a problem. Offer them some choices, and then give them the reason why they ended up choosing that one anyway. And a lot of times, you're going to find that it just it just smooths right over from there. Now, the second thing I want to talk about is is I want you to talk to your customers in terms of we. We're going to need to adjust models. We're going to need to put some more money down. We're going to need a cosigner on this one. See, you've got to speak to your customer in terms of we, so that way they don't feel like they're alone, man. See, I use the you selectively. When I have to be assertive, super assertive, I'll say, look, you're going to need to do this. You're going to need to do this. In order for this to happen, you're going to need to do this. But it's rare, man. I use that. Most of the time, what I want you to do is I want you to talk in terms of we. That way, it's a psychological factor that the customer doesn't feel that they're all alone, that you're in it with them. Third thing I want to talk about, and this is really just for car salespeople, it's book values. Oh, book values. Customers hit us with book values. When, when, they're, when they're trading in their vehicle, they book their vehicle too high. And when they're trying to buy a vehicle, they book their, that vehicle too low. Happens all the time. Don't get all pissed off about it. Don't get all uh, defeated by it. Don't get all threatened by it. It's not a threat at all. Customers are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They want to sell high and they want to buy low. That's exactly what they want to do. <laughs> that's, their, that's their constitutional right, man. So chill out. So, And, and here's, here's something else. Sometimes customers are going to hit you with a value and you're like, and they're like, you're asking way over retail for, for, this, for this truck. Don't think that you're busted. Customer thinks, oh, man, I got them busted, right? Wrong. Because here's the thing. Books out, book values exist for two reasons. Book values exist for a bank to establish a loan and for an insurance company to total out a vehicle. That's it. So when a customer says, hey, the book value on this vehicle, you, 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 number one, praise them. 
hey, look, I'm glad that you do your research, but Mr. Customer, here's the thing. Book values exist for two reasons. For a bank to establish a loan because they need some sort of reference as far as what a vehicle uh, should, what they should loan against the vehicle itself. So it's it, book values exist for a, a bank to loan money on. And they exist for uh, an insurance company to, de- to determine when you wreck your vehicle to determine should we toll it out or should we fix it. That's the only two reasons why book values exist. That's it. Because you got to understand book values were, were here long before the Internet was there. There was no computers. So they had to have book values and they've just gone along with it from then on. But yes, we do look at book values, Mr. Customer, but also we factor in another value also, and that's a market value. Because here's the thing, market the market determines what a vehicle's worth, not us. If, no matter how in love we are with a vehicle here on the lot, whatever the market says we should sell it for is what we're going to sell it for. If the market says sell it for a dollar, we're going to sell it for a dollar. If the market says sell it for $50,000, we're going to sell it for $50,000. We don't set the, the, the prices, Mr. Customer. The market does. And I can assure you of this, we're priced right in line with the market itself. Now, let's drive the vehicle to make sure it's a good fit for you. You may like it. You may not. See how smooth that was? See, you've got to rehearse those things over and over again because what it's going to do is it it gets you out of the threatening zone. It gets you out of the combative zone where you and your customer are just uh, being combative with one another and you end up losing they burn off and go to the next car light and you did all the work for uh, for another salesperson. And what it's going to do is when you can say it, when you can deliver it silky smooth like that, man, it just man, it breathes confidence, man. And the customers just suck that up. And then you don't just stand there talking about a bunch of nothing saying, okay, well, what you got next? You're transitioning to say, hey, let's drive it. You may like it. You may, you may not like about it. Or you may not like it at all. And that way you can take it off your list. And you transition and go from there. Sometimes they just want a little bit of help. Whatever the posted price is, they want to know that they can get a little bit better. But now is not the time to address that. You address the only thing that was a concern. You move forward with confidence, non-threatening, and then you go on from there. All right? Now, the last point I want to make is, is because yeah, I know you got to go. last point I want to make is this. Leave a mark with your customer. Leave a mark, man, not a stain. Because so many salespeople leave a stain on their customers, man. A stain of poor service, of broken promises, of abandonment. It don't take much, man, to, to, to wow your customer. It really doesn't. Because customers have high hopes, but very low expectations. They have high hopes that maybe they hope that you're something different, but they expect that you're just going to be like all the other schmoes. That's not the case, man. It don't take much. Leave a mark, man, of professionalism, of caring, of concern, of knowledge, and confidence, man. Customers need you. They need you. They need you to be persistent. They need you to be persistent in helping them make a decision, to helping them make a decision. And sometimes that decision's not even with you. I hate to say it, but sometimes it's not with you. But it's, it's, it's helping them being persistent enough where they can start closing off certain areas where they say, yes, this is the one, or no, this isn't quite the right fit. And then you can readdress it if you have, a, you know, if you have another dog in the game or whatever the case may be. But customers are starving for that, man. They need somebody to leave that mark. And I'm telling you, they will pay they will pay for that service that you offer. If you leave that mark of, of, of caring and concern and knowledge and confidence and professionalism, dude, they'll pay for that. So leave a mark, man, not a stain. Leave a mark, not, not a stain, not only, on, not only on your customers, man, but also on your profession as well. You represent us super well and keep that thing going. 
Thanks so much for tuning into The Sales Life. Until next time, I'm Marsh Bice.